The Amherst season ends. We have some thoughts on the Stanley Cup playoffs and a season review, uh, exit interview for Casey Middlestat. That's who we'll break down today here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase and Jordan Hanskin. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Joe DiBiase at Sneaky Joe Sports on Twitter. Jordan Hanskin at JR Hanskin on Twitter. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel if you have not. And be sure to hit that like and especially that subscribe button as we continue to chase 1,000 subscribers uh, on our YouTube channel. What is the series in the Stanley Cup playoffs? And we'll get to Casey Middlestat, a season review. We'll get to the Amherst in just a second here. But Jordan, what is the series that you find yourself most interested in currently in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Um, So for me, I am most interested in the battle for Alberta still just because of the McDavid factor. Like, I think that he's been unreal and I think he's really solidifying the idea that just because Gretzky has all the amazing records and was like the most dominant person that what Connor McDavid's doing in modern hockey is crazy. He he's the best hockey player of all time. I, I'll Woo! say it now. Yeah. If we want to start the, LeBron Jordan like debate like for Gretzky and McDavid. Uh what I, I was talking to my coworkers about it and one of them had a funny line. He goes, he goes, Oh, he's the Gretzky of hockey. <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was funny. And um yeah. but it's like it's like he's incredible like the, the the point totals that he puts up is more impressive in today's league with the goalies being, I mean, Ottinger would be the greatest thing anybody's ever seen. <laughs> in, in these, they would look drop Jake Ottinger of all people, the Dallas Stars netminder, drop him in 1981, and everyone <laughs> else would look at him like he was a wizard floating around the ice. Yeah, and he's a, he he was amazing in their their series against uh, Calgary, but it's like, I mean, what are we doing here? Like Gretzky, like the goalies don't even go down. When Gretzky played, hmm. they, they don't, they, they don't, it seems like sometimes they don't even look like they're trying. Um, but like, and you can make the argument, oh, if you took Gretzky and put him with like youth training and everything that players have today, sure. Like he, he would be amazing. Probably McDavid like, mm-hmm. yeah. you don't think so? I think he would be, he, he would, I think he, he would, would but no, you're right. You don't know. It's just, it's hard to imagine a human being moving faster on the ice than McDavid does. Like in a, in yes. a sport where a league, where it is all the fastest skaters in the world. It is a group of the couple hundred fastest people on earth doing that. Surrounded by that, he looks like he is floating out there. He looks like he is he's moving triple the speed with the puck too. 
It is. Uh, you're not going to get an argument out of me. We're going to need a third co-host that watched hockey in the 80s if we're going to want a, a McDavid-Gretzky uh, debate that rivals LeBron Jordan that ESPN's gotten content out of for, for 10 years. Uh, you're not getting an argument out of me. He, I think he is – you could put it this way even if you want. If you don't want to get into a debate, I would want to get into a debate. But if you don't want to get into a debate about it, just phrase it as he's playing hockey right now at a higher level than anybody else has in terms of speed, stick handling, scoring with the goaltenders that they're in place. Like This is the highest form of the sport that we've ever seen. Even though Nathan McKinnon yeah. – that goal by Nathan McKinnon's got me questioning it just a little <laughs> oh, bit. Yeah. Just that one goal. Um, and then there's series like Carolina and the Rangers, which is yuck, boring. I've lost so much Working. money betting it, against it, the Rangers. Oh my god! <laughs> betting against the Rangers? Oh, because I mean, right? The analytics always say the Rangers should not win. Yes, they say that they're terrible. They're not. They don't say that they're like average. They're bad. And they're here. But then you forget that Carolina couldn't win a road game to save their lives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that. They're like six and zero at home and zero and six on the road. Yeah, they they haven't won on the they haven't won on the road yet, and they're undefeated at home. Yeah. By the way, right now we mentioned McDavid. We mentioned McKinnon. Uh, McKinnon is the favorite currently for the Con Smythe. McCarr is second. McDavid is third. And there's other guys, obviously, that are listed that I didn't mention. Does that does that surprise you? The McDavid is third that's got to be the... because they think the Avalanche are going to win the cup. That's oh, the only sure. that's the sure. got, they're the favorite to win the cup, so that makes sense. And that's right, isn't it? Even though they're they're three two at time of recording here uh, against the Blues, and they should have won that 3-1. game last night. They should have. The Blues are. They, I think they're. I think the Avalanche will still get through. Um. Listen, the Blues though they they've been there, right? They they know how uh, to do it in the playoffs. They're oh, they they're know. good at like the Blues are not bad at a lot of stuff. I think they're they're good at everything. Like yeah. they're, I think they'll be tougher for Colorado than Edmonton would be, because Colorado is the type of team that could play the way Edmonton plays and be cool with it. Mm-hmm. Like they'll be like, yeah, we'll score eleven on you. Yeah, don't you want Mc, Mc, McKinnon Mc, McDavid though in the Western Conference Finals? I mean, it's almost NBA esque where like you want superstar versus superstar. Hockey's not usually like that. McDavid McKinnon yeah. just feels like again, it's an NBA comparable. No, NHL. It feels like it's Warriors Cavs. Warriors Cavs. <laughs> it feels like it's Crosby Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I'm see like, that. I see that. Um. I'm so disappointed in Calgary. Yeah, like, yeah I, I didn't. Their what is uh, their defense is horrible. Their goaltending is horrible. I thought they would win just because their goaltending was better. Yeah, and like Markstrom has not been good. Um, they've been kind of unhinged. I think like a little bit. Like they just like they don't yeah. play defense. And I did not expect that from Daryl Sutter team. I did not expect that from. I thought they had so many different advantages besides, of course, McDavid and Dry's idol. But like they everything else like said Calgary, 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 Calgary. And they've failed at like every single level. Um, and really it just comes down to like they can't stop McDavid. Like they just they they are incapable of even slowing him down. Mm. Um, so they've been disappointing. Um, did we talk about I think I wasn't on last time. Florida. 
We have not talked. We've not talked since they got swept. How stunning was that? The Tampa. I mean, we we could have easily picked Tampa, who nobody picked them to sweep that series. Yeah, it's. I mean, the Florida. What what was it? I mean, most. I think it was at least three of the games they outshot Tampa. Yeah, including games four, they outshot them forty nine to twenty five. But you ran in. I mean, Vasilevsky. I mean, you just ran into Vasilevsky. I mean, holy. Holy what are bleep. the odds for? I don't know if you have the odds up right now. What are the odds for Tampa Bay to win the cup right now? Tampa is. You know what? I don't have the cup odds because as we're recording this, Rangers Hurricanes is ongoing, so they take it down mm. during the games. So gotcha. I don't have it. I think. I but think I imagine though, the Lightning would be second. I think they're second to Colorado. If I if I remember. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the odds wouldn't be amazing, but it's like. Every they get better and better. It's I have to come to terms with the idea that I mean this has been true for a couple of years now, but the Lightning do not care about the regular season. They are fine with resting people for six weeks and being like, well, when it's May or June, that's when we'll kick it into high gear. And the Leafs almost caught them on like their oh they're not they're not at full. Speed yet they're not at full strength yet and then the lightning get through them and they take on florida these these florida panthers who we all said are ready it's their time florida's amazing their team's great i know i was banging the drum for the florida panthers and mm-hmm. they just got worked by their their big brother once yeah. again um good for the sabers uh we get the pick a little pick bit 28 early. 28 instead of it could have been 31 or 32. Yeah, the stats on Vasilevsky are nuts. He has six shutouts in his last seven series clinching games. And the game he did not have a shutout was against Toronto in round one where he only allowed one goal. So in his last seven series clinching games, Andre Vasilevsky has six six shutouts and he has stopped 199 of 200 shots against. I mean, historic type stuff. I have actually, we'll move on to the Amherst in a second here. I have begun to wonder, are we not giving Tampa enough credit as a dynasty level team? Because if they win the cup this year, three straight Stanley cups, do you think they get that Chicago type treatment where it's like, Oh, Jonathan, we'll let's go player by player. Jonathan Taze is like the modern day player for leader, for captain, for championship DNA. Stamkos going to get that? Is Steve, does it feel like Steven Stamkos is going to get that credit? Is Nikita Kucherov going to get that? Is Victor Hedman? Is Andre Vasilevsky? Are the Lightning going to be labeled this championship DNA type team? Because I wonder if you're getting a little European bias that's starting to bleed in. Because how often do you think of, like when you think of Sergei Fedorov, or do it the other way. When you think of like the all-time great champion captains and championship-level players, who do you think of? You think of Messier and Taze and Gretzky. Like you think of the Canadians, right? You don't think of the European guys. But I, I hope they get that credit because that's a team where like Stamkos is one of their best players, obviously at over 100 points. But like get rid of some of these European biases because Nikita Kucherov balls out there. Vasilevsky. 
is going to be one of the best goaltenders in NHL history, I think, by the time it's all said and done. And Victor Hedman, who's Swedish, is going to be one of the best defensemen of all time. Uh, and I hope that they get the proper credit. If, if again, they got to win another cup probably to be labeled a dynasty. But we're watching a dynasty in front of our eyes potentially be created here. Oh, yeah. Um, And the thing that I respect most about them is, like, they're I think their team play is crazy good. Mm. When the Lightning have a lead, their defense is suffocating. Yes. And you watch like their, the rest of their, um, like, you know, you think of like these like star teams and they're kind of like divas and stuff like that. Every single lightning player, I feel like has like a crazy block shot in this playoff. Yeah. And they just throw their body in front of a play. Like they know how to win Stanley cups. Hockey is one of those sports. Like it's, it's not really like, I, I I know we bring it to the NBA a lot, but like the NBA, like a star player can drag you to a title. We've seen it time and time again. Like a star player can do amazing things. You got to give great role players that like accept like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to take 30 shots today. But like the star player will take his 30 shots. The lightning is just like, it's just team play over and over and over again. And it they you see like a star team, filled with star players diving in front of shots, throwing throwing their body into plays. You see guys limping to the bench, grimacing. And it's like Florida pepper them with 50 shots. And yeah, they have an amazing goalie. But like they're still like just taking it, putting it all on the line, even when they don't really like what the light have left to prove. They just do it because they want to win more cups. They just, they want to be that dynasty. I think that's what that's what separated teams like teams like the Blackhawks from like the teams that just win once mm-hmm. or the teams like the Penguins is that they do all that extra stuff that, that matters that gives them that slight edge over somebody like Florida. Um, I think Florida said it best. Somebody on Florida said like, they just want it more than us. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's exactly what it was, which is crazy. Cause Florida's ne- never won anything. And Tampa Bay has won twice in a row. Yeah. We'll talk more playoffs, actually AHL playoffs in just a second. Before we do that, though, uh, we want to remind you that we are brought to you by Athletic Greens. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It really helps everything for you. It's lifestyle-friendly, so it works for keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It has over... 7,000 five-star reviews were recommended by professional athletes and leading health experts as well. To make it easy, Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Jody Biasi and Jordan Hanskin back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Uh, thanks for making us your first listen. When you make your next listen, make it sure that it is locked on now. Nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts, free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, the Rochester American season is finally over. 
finally, because the playoff run felt like it went on forever, even though they were only in the second round. A play-in tournament helped to that as well. A playoff chase down the stretch helped. They squeak in. They miraculously get into the playoffs. They win the play-in tournament. They win a first round over a higher seed in Belleville before getting swept by the Laval Rockets. My biggest takeaway, Jordan, is I think J.J. Paterka earned some real some real credit. He built up a lot of credit, brownie points, whatever you want to call it, with the Sabres and the Sabres organization because I didn't watch every game. I don't have AHL.TV, and I didn't get to go to any of the games. But from what I saw and then reading a lot of accounts, he was dominant in this series and throughout the playoffs. He ended up third in AHL scoring uh, in the playoffs at time of the Amherst elimination with seven goals and five assists, 12 points in 10 games. Last night, they have the two-goal comeback. He scores a goal right right after. The, the Amherst had a 2 nothing lead. Uh, it was a crazy game, it sounded like, where Laval scores four in a row to make it 4-2, and then, like, it seemed like it was imploding. And like that moment, Paterka takes control, zone entry, perfect pass, goes to the net, scores a dirty goal, and like gets them fired back up. They tie the game. They go to overtime, and they end up losing it in triple overtime. But my takeaway is J.J. Paterka. If he wasn't already likely to be in the opening night lineup, I, I, I'm going to be – I'm thinking right now, if you made me bet on it, he's going to be in the opening night lineup. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty darn close this year um, yeah. already. So he's he's almost an incumbent, if you want to say. Um, mm. See, I, I just thought of it more of I – di- I didn't think of, like, individual players or something like that. Um, but sure. the last time, like, any, like, team in the Sabres organization had any, like, postseason success or any, like, postseason run – like Sabres, Americans. Like, I don't remember Rochester being much of a factor. They hadn't won a playoff game in a while. They hadn't won a playoff game in like eight years. Yeah. And that's crazy when you think about all the top prospects that the Sabres have been picking for the past (laughs) 11 years. Mm. Like, it's crazy to think. And I know that like a lot of them just went straight up to the Sabres or went to juniors and then up to the Sabres and stuff like that. They kind of bypassed Rochester. Um, but this is, I think, what it what it is, like, building from the ground up. I remember before the Lightning got really good, I remember thing, I remember their affiliate winning championships. Yes. I remember their – I remember um, – Syracuse Crunch. Toronto winning mm-hmm. the Marlies being really good before Toronto got good. That yep. I don't think there's, like – I think there is a link between success in the AHL and success in the NHL. I just, I just do. And it shows third, fourth line. The lightning can lose their entire third line and they're still really good because they just bring up guys that are in the system and they're ready to go. And the Sabres never had that. When we bring up guys, it's like they're the deer in the headlights. They're just not, capable of being NHL players. And I think that's starting to change now. Um, I don't think it's perfect yet. I mean, I would, I loved the Rochester to go all the way. Yeah. But like, I think that it's, it's a step in the, it's another step in the right direction that it seems like the Sabres management and their, their organization as a whole is a lot healthier right now. They're not, they're not laying down like in a fetal position. They're like 
they're they're at least standing back up and they're ready to to march on towards the future because I, I I think that I think it matters I think it matters more than people think. Well, well said. Uh, did you happen to hear the Laval Rocket play by? By the way, it's Laval Rocket, not Rockets. I, I love it. I love that. You know why? Is it? Is it? Do they pronounce it Rocket? It might be like Rocket. I don't know. I think it's yeah. Rocket. That's what I was already like well, Laval Rocket. They're named after because Laval is like twenty minutes outside of Montreal. They're named after Rocket Richard. So. Huh. Like that's why they're rocket and not rockets. I guess you could still be their called... logo should just be his head. <laughs> just his that face. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> is we the mas- are the rocket? Is the mascot uh just is it just him? It's like, just well, him. Well, like the so a mascot that has the likeness of him. He's not alive anymore, unfortunately. Uh but uh yeah, is the mascot him? Is the logo him? I don't know. Everything the should be him. him. Right, everything. The, the ice should be littered with his face. Just, let's make it a real <laughs> celebration. Um, yeah. So and then Gretzky you... will get mad, and he'll talk about how like it should be. I should have a face. I should have an AHL team named after <laughs> me. I the, want the Gretzkys. The Binghamton Gretzkys. This <laughs> is <laughs> Gretzky's face littered about Binghamton. <laughs> Um, soon did, every affiliate will just be like the Shane Dones for the Coyotes. Oh, affiliate. what would the what would the Sabers affiliate be? Who would we name him after? The Perros? It has to be just like uh, what's that? The Perros? <laughs> the Perros? It could be the uh, Perros. I was thinking even more like obscure, random. Well, like, Rochester. Yeah, yeah. They could be the uh, the Giantas, the Fighting Giantas. I'm into that. That'd be great. I love yeah. that. I love that. The Giantas. Did you did you hear the Laval Rocket play by play man's call of the triple overtime winner? I'm excited to. Let's get Jordan's real time reaction, and I'm sure many people uh, listening have not heard this yet either. This is Laval Rocket play by play man. Uh, oh, what is his name? I don't have his name. I'll get it in a second because I have it. But this is the play by play man's call of Jean Sebastian Day. <laughs> His overtime winner, former Saber, no. former Saber, only a cup of coffee with the Sabers. Uh, remember, famously had that that interview where he kind of blasted Jack Eichel before he, while he was still a Saber. Um, John Sebastian Day scores the overtime winner for the Laval Rocket, and this was the play by play call. Pocket toujours, on va ramener les bleus arrivés finale à Wallet vers JSD. Let's see, in the Mayday! 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 Jean-Sébastien Day! Viens fermer la série! Le Rocket s'en va en demi-finale! Your live reaction, Jordan. Uncalled for. It's a clear copy of Mayday. <laughs> uh, plagiarism. He'd be thrown out of college. Now, his name isn't May, though. It's Day. Shouldn't it be Day Day? Or does May mean anything in French that would be, like would make sense? I no? don't think so. I don't think so either. So um, what do you what do you think is going on here? What do you think is going on here? It's, it could be trolling, but that was more of like a Rochester. U, uh, was it Utica? It was yeah, Utica they, before they, Utica, where they had they the just they were media going beef. like their, their their social media beef was like wild. Mm-hmm. Got kind of like I thought I was like oh they just went. <laughs> Um, yeah. but uh, is this, is this upsetting to you? Is this upsetting to you? Are you mad it's about it? It's not this? upsetting. Uh, 
I think it would be more upsetting if it wasn't in French. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was uh I would not rank it ahead of like some of the great like soccer calls. I think it's just mm. like it is like blatant plagiarism and like Yeah. I think one doesn't of, it's not as good as the original. One of three things is happening here, right? One of three things. One, he's trolling and he's doing it to make fun of Rick Jenneret. Two, he's doing it in homage of Rick Jenneret to honor <laughs> Rick Jenneret. Or three, he has no idea that the RJ Mayday call exists and he came up with this on his own. What do we think is the likeliest I think of those three? I think you think the likeliest is three? No, I said, what do you think the likeliest of the three are? Oh, the likeliest, I think, is homage. Okay. You think he's paying homage to Rick Jenneret? Yeah. I think Isn't that like weird, him. though? You're you're paying up. You're copying him. You're just copying him. What does Rick, does Rick think of it that way? I don't know. It's kind of weird. Kind of weird. Because I know... I know if I did a play-by-play, I'd be tempted to do like top shelf where Mama hides the cookies, and it would not be like a mockery thing. No, but it is copying though. <laughs> I mean, it is. Copying. Oh yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Um, yeah. But then again, is anybody copying Joe Buck with no flags when they do it? <laughs> Everybody seems to be copying him. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me. Kind of weird to me that that this guy just decided I'm just going to do Mayday. I'm just going to do Mayday. And, and if I'm assuming he would have only done it if John Sebastian Day scored the goal. And it's just weird that yes. you're playing off yeah. Day. It like Mayday worked cuz it was Brad May. John Sebastian Day. Okay, I kind of get it. It doesn't fit quite as well, but I guess it fits. I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me. Anthony Marquette, Marcotti maybe is the name. I don't know. M A R C O T T E. That that's the name of the play-by-play man for Lavelle. That did that. It's probably Marcotte. Marcotte. All right, we'll come back and we'll talk Casey Middlestat. His season, looking ahead, the contract, everything revolving around the Sabres centerman when we come back here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We're brought to you by rockauto.com. Save time and money when shopping with Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, $216. From Rock Auto. Family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. And when you see all the parts available for your car or truck, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, exit interview time. Casey Middlestat, you're next up in the pecking order for a breakdown of the 2021-2022 season and looking ahead for the Sabres forward. Now, Middlestat, you requested him as our next guy because I think this one, you could be a lot of different places with where we are with Casey Middlestat. But to recap on his 2021-2022 season, it was injury-plagued, right? Like the story of his season begins with injuries. He missed 42 games. He played 40, and it was multiple different injuries. He got injured right away, tried to come back, played a couple games, didn't last, went back on the shelf, came back. He was back and forth the whole season. It wasn't like he was on the shelf for a long time. He was in and out. Um, And at the end of the day, we have 40 games of middle stat to analyze. He had six goals, 13 assists for 19 points. That is a 82-game pace of 39 points, just a hair below where he was last season. So evaluating his season 
it's tough because of the injuries, but where do you land on Middlestat after uh, seeing him for about half a year? Um, when he played, he looked better than he did the year before, I thought. Um, so, like, there's still optimism for him, um, in my opinion. Like, I think he's a skill set that the Sabres don't have a ton of. I think we have a we have a decent amount, like with Peyton Krebs and stuff like that. But like having more like playmakers and guys that can that can stick handle and stuff like that is is nice to have. I think we got we got a good mix with a guy like Casey Middlestat in the fold. Um, but at the same time, if I'm looking at expendable players that could help us get somebody really good. Casey Middlestat might fit that as well. Is he expendable? Possibly. Even realistically, yes. Um, so that's kind of where I fall. Like I think that the, there's a lot of different options with him. Now you could say too, on the flip side, he's a relatively cheap hmm. good role player. Um, so I think he's, there's just a lot of variety for him. He's a role player, but he's not a he's not a typical third liner, if you know what I mean. Now, if they want to mm-hmm. have a third skill line uh, with Krebs and Middlestad on it, and maybe you find a goal scorer to put with that, maybe it's Olafson that seems to fit, given that Middlestad and Krebs are both pass first type forwards. Um, then I think that maybe could work. But if you want more of a shutdown line as your third line, he is not fit into that at all. I mean, his struggles in his game certainly come in his own end. Uh, The advanced stats, by the way, they aren't great. They're better. They're better. They're better than they used to be. Uh, 45% expected goals for rate, 49% shot attempts. So the shot attempt number looks a lot better uh, than everything else. 49% of the shot attempts, which is right about average um obviously 50 percent is like about average so he's just below that um so i i've never been a huge fan of his game and i wonder if there's a place for him long term i don't think he's part of the core that doesn't mean he can't be around though just because he's not part of the core doesn't mean he can't be a helpful player to them next year but i think you make the good point that if there's a bigger trade to be made at some point in this offseason and you're starting to talk about like pieces that go back for something bigger. I think he's one of the first names that I think about because you'd think he has value and he's not necessary. I think to the Sabre success in the future, what, where would they leave them at center though? Uh, and he, you know what? He might not be a center. He might turn into a winger on this team. If they start to get stacked down the middle uh, where they are at center without him is Tage Thompson, Dylan cousins, Peyton Krebs, although Krebs might end up being a winger too full-time. We'll have to wait and see on him, and that's kind of it. So Asplund maybe goes back to center. I've got three guys in Middlestat, Krebs, and Asplund where I don't know what they're going to be, winger or center. Um, Maybe it's a competition. I I think you have a good playmaker. I think you have a guy who's good on a second power play unit. I think he could be a 40- to 50-point player regularly in the NHL, which is good value, but – it's going to get crowded here quick, right? Quinn Paterka. It's going to get crowded yeah. here really quick. No, that's, that's the issue is 
this is kind of it's a good problem to have. Yes. Um, and this and it's not even like a slight to Casey Middlestad. I think it's just the reality of the situation is that for the first time in a while that they have depth at forward. And yeah. in order to get to the level where they want to be, it might mean getting rid of guys that could work for somebody that you know will and make the team better. I think that that, that it just comes down to business decisions. Um, and by no means am I like saying like, oh, Casey Middlestat, we're, we're getting rid of him or that's my goal. Because it's not. It's just if the opportunity presents... Yeah, I would not be opposed. I'm also just like things like we've had this question with a lot of the other Sabres. We've talked about the younger guys. We didn't do this with a Poso. Like the thing to work on in the off season, he's got to get stronger, not just physically either. He is, he was one of, he's not this, this anymore. He's gotten better, man. The first two years, I've never seen someone weaker on their stick than Casey Middlestad. Like how easy it would be to stick lift him and take it off him. Also, whenever like early in his career, how many times I've never seen someone fan on the puck as much as I saw Middlestead do that. And he got better. He has become a better finisher. He's still not like an amazing goal scorer, but he's gotten a lot better, I think, as a finisher as time has gone on. So the thing I'm waiting for is like he, he right, didn't he kind of have to lose the baby fat when he showed up? And he's done that again, like modestly, a little bit, he's taking steps along the way. I'm just waiting for that one off season, that one year where middle stat shows up to training camp. And it's like, Holy cow, this guy's ripped. Look, he, he was the went away and he was lifting tires in the off season, working out with wrist aligning. Like I've been waiting for that. I've been waiting for that day one of training camp. Middle stat shows up and I see all the tweets of, wow, he's been working out. He's again, he's gotten in better shape, but it hasn't happened yet. And for someone that plays the way he does, I want to see him get a lot stronger. I think that's my biggest thing. I want to see him get better at. All right, I agree. Like I'm good. I'm good with that. I think that strength is his yeah detriment for sure. And then finally, contract wise, not a lot to talk about here. Two years left at two point five million dollars. I think it's just a good contract, right? Like they're nowhere near mm-hmm. the cap. He's under term. Uh, he'll be twenty five when the contract is up, and he'll have a lot to prove between now and then, if he's still a Buffalo Sabre. Because by then, yeah, like, let me pull up the Sabres cap friendly. By then, don't you think, like, they're paying Darlene again. Power maybe is up for a, a, for his first contract. Um, let's see. Middle stats at RFA in 2024-25. So, guys that will get paid before that or by then. Tage Thompson, that's going to be big money, hopefully. Uh, Dylan Cousins, uh, Asplund. Uh, Olafson, Darlene will be on the final year of his contract that year. Yoki Haru will be on the final year of his contract that year. No, I'm sorry. That offseason, Darlene, Yoki Haru, Owen Power to go with, with Middlestad. That will be the summer of defenseman contracts. And by then, the Sabres might be closer to the salary cap. So it might not look like they're in a cap crunch now because they literally have the most cap space in the league. But I'm just saying by the time Middlestad is due his next contract, they might be really tight to the to the cap and they will have three young defensemen to pay. So he has got to be a lot better. I think a lot more consistent and he's got to stay healthy and get stronger. All those things need to happen. I think for him to get to another contract 
But overall here, he's got a place for me on next year's team. Right? Opening night lineup. Yes. Would, you bet, would you bet on him right now being in the opening night lineup? I think I would. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only way he's not is if he's either injured or moved. Like we said, a trade. Right. A trade. So, yeah. All right. Uh, I think we covered it on Casey Middlestat. Um, that's going to do it for us. Who do you want to do next? Any ideas? Yoki. We could do Yoki. Uh, I saw Yoki Haru bought Rasmus Ristolainen's old house today. Ristolainen sold it to Yoki well, that's Haru. That, well, how topical. That's a haunted house, though. I don't know. Don't, don't. Is it? It's, he's going to get the stink I of Risto. I think it's just a sad house. Yeah, he's going to get sad. the stink of Risto. It's a sad house. I don't it's know. I'm worried. House. I'm worried. Um, all right. Maybe we'll do Henry Yoki Haru uh, on our next episode. We'll talk more playoffs as well. Sad that the Amherst are done. We'll talk more about some of the individual Amherst players, too, as time goes on here. Paterka, Quinn. We'll bring out some prospect guys to talk about them more in depth uh, coming up on the show. So thanks everybody for listening. At Sneaky Joe Sports. Follow me on Twitter. At JR Hanskin for Jordan. Follow us on YouTube. Like and subscribe us on YouTube. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. We greatly appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time here on the Lockdown Savers podcast with Joe DiBiase and Jordan Hanskin. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Locked on NHL. The latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday on the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.